You know, I, uh, something's been in my gut a little bit, uh, and uh, so instead of doing a Christmas, another Christmas story, we'll do that next couple weeks. Uh, uh, I just wanted to do this. I reached back and took an old sermon, refreshed it up a little bit, uh, and the title of it is Get Up and Fight. I've really noticed that there's a lot of believers who have been hit. Uh, they've been attacked. Uh, they've been tempted. Uh, they've had a lot of things come into their lives, and uh, they've had a failure in their life. And uh, we can all identify with that, by the way. And uh, we all have bad times in our lives. We wish we would have done something better, and including this preacher. And, uh, but I'm grateful for grace, that regardless of who we are, what we've done, God's grace is sufficient, and it allows you to be able to pick up the pieces and to wipe the dust off and get going again for God. So I hope that this challenges you. I've mentioned before Charlie Brown. Uh, some of young people might not even know who Charlie Brown is, but us older folks do. And uh, he failed at almost anything he ever tried to do. And the rest of the kids called him Blockhead. And uh, he said this, I'm learning to dread each, each day, one day at a time. <laughs> and that's the way some people live. <laughs> In our lives, sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down, up and down and up and down. I remember when I was first saved, man, I had battles. You know, you try to put off the old man, put on the new man. And there's certain ways you have to do to do that. And uh, I'd get going, and then I'd fail. And I'd get going, then I'd fail. I'd get going, and then I'd fail. And uh, I had uh, a pastor who just kept coming toward me and loving me in spite of me. And uh, God's grace was always there for me to try to pick up uh, the pieces at that time. Uh, we can fail in our life. We can fail because of the circumstances in our life. We can fail because of the sin in our life. And that's usually what it is most of the time. Uh, we can identify, we can sympathize with different types of people. Uh, we can sympathize with the architect in charge of the Tower of Pisa. Right? I just read two weeks ago, as a matter of fact. It's falling now. And they're worried, it's just going, they're worried it's just going to collapse now. I just read this two weeks ago in the news. And so they're putting steel cables on one side to try to prevent it from doing that. But they're not sure if that's going to work whatsoever. Uh, we can sympathize with the board of Decca Records who rejected signing the Beatles. <laughs> they lost a little money on that one, didn't they? Huh? But, you know, as I read my Bible... I think of individual people who also failed in their life at certain times, not always, but at certain times. Noah, he got drunk. Abraham lied. Jacob, he was a schemer. Moses was a murderer. Rahab was an idolater. And uh, Ruth and them, they were uh, idolaters. Uh, David... He was an adulterer and a murderer. Uh, the apostle Peter, he was a denier of Christ. And Paul, 
when he was Saul of Tarsus, was a heartless persecutor of believers. And so there are great people who have had failures in their lives. And I could name a lot of preachers that I know that once were in the pulpit, God using in great work, then all of a sudden, no longer. And so I, uh, I know that if they could fall, uh, we all could fall. And so we have to be careful sometimes, don't we? And the truth is, we're all failures, sometimes often. Matter of fact, at times, it's a battle not to fail. <laughs> and you even go all the way there. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this here. But we have this treasure. You can say the gospel, you can say the Holy Spirit in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul says, listen, I know you have problems in your life, but God has given us the Holy Spirit in order, in order to enable us to make it, to be able to be capable of producing some great moments in our life or to produce other great Christians in our life. Uh, I think of people uh, like Cornelius Stamm or Les Feldick or Richard Jordan or David Jeremiah in a lot of ways, and uh, he's been a faithful servant to God. And, uh, or Bernard Langer, he's one of my favorites. I, when I was at a missionary uh, place in England one time, and I walked around with him while he played, and uh, he had just gotten saved. And you could just see the other players kind of staying away from him a little bit. <laughs> he got that religious stuff. <laughs> and uh, I, I've never forgotten that. But we're capable of, of producing some great things, aren't we? Verses 8 through 10 says this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Paul says, yeah, we sin. Sometimes we're attacked and we fail. We're hard-pressed on every side. We're repeatedly attacked or tempted even to make us to quit. Even at times we get knocked down. But I've noticed that when you're knocked down, that means you have an opportunity at that moment to be able to reveal Jesus Christ in your life. You know, a teacher of Edison who invented the light bulb, he said he was too stupid to learn anything. Uh, Edison, he's the inventor of everything. And then uh, Einstein, they said he was mentally slow, unsocial, and a dreamer, the man of relativity, <laughs> Einstein. And then a newspaper fired Walt Disney because he lacked ideas. <laughs> That's amazing. As a matter of fact, a few years after Mr. Disney died, Disney executives, they rejected doing Star Wars because they said it would be a flop at the box office. <laughs> We can laugh now because of hindsight. But I'm sure at the moment, 
of their failure they were feeling. I'm sure Edison, Einstein, the Beatles, Mr. Disney all felt at that moment that they were failures. For us believers, Scottish preacher Alexander White, he described us believers, he said, they fall down, they get up, they fall down, they get up all the way to heaven. That's the life, the journey of a believer. God isn't surprised, by the way, of our failures. He states in Psalm 103, he states, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. I'm grateful for that. Verse 14, guys. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. You know, I think sometimes God does pity us. He knows that we're human, we're flesh. We still have the old nature, even though we've been given a divine new nature. Even though we have that, that old nature raises its ugly head a lot of times, doesn't it? And it causes us to fail. And so the Lord, I believe, understands that. I'm grateful that when we do sin, God doesn't throw us away. But he reaches down to pick us up. He understands something that most Christians don't understand. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he understands that battle that we go through at times. So yes, we get knocked down. We fall down. We fail as a believer, a spouse, a parent, a kid, a teen, a friend, a preacher. And we get back up again. But each time that we rise up, we need to be a little wiser. We need to be a little stronger with a better understanding of why and how it happened so that we can put in place something we don't repeat that failure. Amen? So if you failed, if you have, don't lose heart. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ if you're a child of God. And it will always be there. So what should we do when we fail? Well, number one, we should admit our failure. <laughs> admit it. Call it what it is. David said, it's me. I've sinned. No excuses. That's why Truman said, he made famous that phrase, the buck stops here. I'm not blaming mom, dad, my job, society, all these things. It's me. I had a choice. I made the wrong choice. I chose to sin that caused me to fail. I'm guilty. Just admit that. Call it what it is. Own up to your failure. Take personal responsibility. Because it's only then that you can move forward. Living a lie doesn't work. It's when you are open and just step up and swallow your pride. Amen? And we have to do that sometimes. I think of Job, though. I know Job lost his family, lost his wealth, home, health, and he hadn't sinned. And that shows us that not everything that happens to us is the result of sin. We understand that. Jesus, he was sinless, but they still crucified him. We, we understand that. But we too often do sin. 
and we fail God, like Lot or King David or John Mark or Demas forsook Paul for the, the cares and the attractions of this old world right here. First thing to do is just step out and say, I'm guilty. Admit it. Secondly, accept God's forgiveness. It's there. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath, past tense, forgiven you. You see, as a child of God, God doesn't deal with us based upon our failures. He's, he deals with us based upon the light of his son. Based upon his grace. Based upon his forgiveness. Wherefore, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Colossians 2.13 says that he's forgiven us all transgressions. Do you understand when you get saved, all your sins are forgiven? That means your past sin, your present sin, your future sin. All of your sin. I remember uh, coming out of Baptist circles that are semi-Catholic in some areas, like the confessional booth. <laughs> and uh, I, I began to, how do I pray dispensationally? How, how do I do that? And I, I wrote down a little prayer here. To say that I, I, I failed somewhere. I'll come to him like this. I said, Lord, I thank you that I know I'm already forgiven for Christ's sake. But I understand. I confess or agree what I've done was sin. I know my sin disappoints you. Because I know it breaks my heart. Because I know, because of my sin, that helped nail your son to the cross. So, Lord, I'm sorry, but I want you to know something. I do love you, Lord. Please help me to know your truth, to strengthen and guide me, and how not to do this sin anymore. Something like that. And then you accept his forgiveness you acknowledged it, and you get up, you move on, and you fight for your relationship with God. It doesn't just happen. You have to fight for it. The world, the flesh, the devil, they're all pressing on you to not have a relationship with Christ. So you have to fight. And we have the armor. We have the necessary means to be able to say no to those things and follow Christ. Do we not? I believe that we do. <laughs> Number three, learn from our failure in how to change. Now, I'm not condoning sin. Sin is sin. And there are consequences to sin. I know that, but we need to learn from our sin so we can change. Failure can be a chance to mature, to become that vessel of honor that God wants for us. In my life as pastor, I've seen a lot of people sin. I've seen the drunks, the druggies. I've seen the marriages that have been blown apart, but they're living for God right now. 
I know that people can recover and go forward for God's honor and glory. Failure and sin can humble an individual person. I think of Apostle Peter who denied the Lord. And while they were at the trial, it states that Christ caught his eye and looked back and he made contact with Peter. I can just imagine what went through Peter's mind and heart because he had denied him. He's the one who said, I'll die first. And he did just the opposite. And the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly because of his sin. Now, did Peter learn? Did Peter mature? Was Peter used after that? And as we read our Bible, he was greatly used because he did learn and mature and put in place so he would not repeat that sin. Sometimes a defeat can make an athlete, an athlete, go back to the basics. And by going back to the basics, they become a greater athlete and team member. Amen? Just like us. When we falter, we need to go back to the basics. Go back to the Word of God. Prayer, church, involvement, fellowship. Jonah Salk He failed 200 times before he found the vaccine for polio. It was because of his failure he succeeded. Number four, accept failure as a fact of life, but not a way of life. It's a fact. I failed, but that's not going to be my life. I am going to change. Somebody said this, failure is an event not a person. It's something we've done, not something we have to become. You see, if you only see yourself as a failure, you'll doom yourself because you always will be reminded, and the devil is relentless, of your failure, and you will continue to beat yourself up. I know that from experience. I'm good at beating myself up sometimes. But God doesn't see us, we that are saved, negatively as a useless failure. He still sees us as one of his children. And you know, when your kids are doing wrong, isn't it amazing how when they turn it around and you know it's real, how forgiving you are and how you want They're yours. We are God's. And he looks at us that way. Jesus' own disciples, they failed, but it says in the Bible, but he still loved them. (laughs) He continued to love them. Number five, it's time to arise and start again. Grace available. Embrace that grace. Get up and fight for that relationship with God. There are many people who keep reliving their past failure. Perhaps a business loss, a marital blow-up, an immoral affair, division between another believer, pornography, 
alcohol. You know, God says to us today, I want you to admit it, make it right, and get up and start again. That's the pattern. Get up, we failed, and keep fighting. God doesn't want us to quit or give up. You may be close to the victory in your life. And the devil knows that. He doesn't want you to have that victory. You might be coming to the best time in your life in your relationship with God and for God. Don't quit. Get up and fight. We who have failed... We might limp. We reap what we sow, amen? But we're going on for Christ. Michael Jordan, fair basketball player, he said, I've missed 9,000 shots. 26 times I, I shot the final shot to win the game and missed. He said, I failed over and over, and that's why I succeeded. <laughs> you see, he was great not because he didn't fail, but because he got up from his failure and tried again and again. I had so many failures in my life after I was saved. The devil, the world, the flesh had me. And you get saved, you don't become a holy Joe overnight. <laughs> How many of you have learned that? It doesn't just happen that way. I'd be up and down and up and feel so ashamed and cry out to God and say, God, am I even saved? You ever been to that point? <laughs> and you go through all of that. And I think to myself, if Michael Jordan can get up again and succeed... Shouldn't we do that for God because of who he is and what he's done for us? Doesn't he deserve that? And my last point is this here, very simple. Avoid judging the sins and failures of others. Amen? Avoid judging others' sins and their failures. First of all, that's hypocritical. It states, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, that's a relapse, that's a sin, it, it's several things. You which are spiritual, look down your noses at them and put them down. No, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love. It's not time to point your fingers at them. It's your time they've had a failure in their life. Let's love them to help encourage them to go forward for God. And I believe God would be pleased. You remember Simon the Pharisee. He had invited Jesus to come to his house. Pharisees didn't like Jesus. Jesus didn't like them. Because 
he, he talked more about the religious system and people that were leading people astray more than anybody. So Jesus goes to Simon's house. And this woman of the night also comes into the house. And she's a prostitute. Now, if you're Simon, which one would you rather have in your house? <laughs> and so anyway, Simon's looking his nose down at this woman and Jesus for allowing her to touch him. And Jesus says to Simon, Simon, I've come into your house and you've taken me for granted. You haven't given me any water to wash my feet. No oil to anoint my head. No greeting kiss as you come in. But this woman here that you're looking down your nose at, she's done everything the opposite of you. She's here, she's been washing my feet with her tears and with her hair, and she hasn't ceased kissing my feet. She's anointed my feet with oil. Yes, she sinned greatly, but she's loved me greater because she has taken a stand to follow me. Amen? And he turns to that lady and he says, Thy faith hath saved thee. Amen? So, who was the failure? Who was the wise one in that setting? We have to be careful how we view others. We only see their outward failure. But always remember, God sees and knows what's going on in their heart and the context of their life. You don't know how a person's going to turn out. They might be having a rough time right now living for God, but in the future they might be a jewel for God. I can tell you of a couple. I this past week, I we were we were sent a video of a young man in junior high in a public school, and he was standing up and he was preaching to the students. Well, the interesting thing is, his grandparents used to go to our church, and they were having marital problems, and it looked like it was blown apart. It was over, done. And I challenged them to stick with it. And you know, they admitted their wrong and they got it right with each other and God and they went for it and they're still married today and now they're watching grandchildren coming up in the things of God. You see, you don't know how a person's going to turn out. I can imagine how many prayers were lifted for me when they saw me with Carol in church, they said, oh, God, help her. <laughs> Everywhere, Kurt and Charlotte, her mom and dad, they go to evangelistic meetings and that, and he played and she sang, and they had always say, pray for my daughter and her husband, this rascal, this guy. I mean, it is amazing. People, I have people praying for me everywhere. You never know how God's going to transform a person's heart or life. 
The key is you get up and you fight. You just keep on going. Okay, I've gotten soiled. I'm going to wipe that off. I'm going to keep on going for God. He deserves my very, very best. Appearances can be fooling at times. I've given this, but I like this. It fits here. You look up on a hill. You see Roman guards drag the foulest criminal prisoner to be executed. Certainly this prisoner must be getting what's coming to him. All the attention he's getting, he must have been an awful person. The Roman guards are roughing him up. The people are cursing, ridiculing, spitting on him. This man must have really been a big failure in his life, a real low-life loser, this man. He did some seemingly magical things. He claimed to be Messiah, but now it seems he has few friends. As he's being nailed to the cross, it seems like there's no comfort, no one stepping forward to helping. The supposedly 12 followers now can't be found, and only his, his mother and a few others are even there at the cross. You might walk away from that scene and think, this man was clearly a failure, judging by his appearance and evidently his actions. But that seemingly failure on a crude cross, when he shouted out, it is finished, was the greatest victory of all time. And he did all of that for us. So God says to all of us, you're going to have some failures in your life. One way or another, different degrees, we understand that. But what God wants us to do is to embrace his grace, get up and fight for your relationship with God. Nobody else can do that for you. You have to do that yourself. And if you get up and you do that and fight, do you know what will happen? God will be there. <laughs> He's there for you. You don't have to live your life always like this. You can change. I can, we have wonderful people here, but all of them were rascals at one time. Amen? Amen. I know some of you. I didn't know grace could go that far. <laughs> We're all guilty. So I'm, all I'm saying is it's time to go forward for God. Father, we love you. When saved, God, I know we're excited, we're ready to go. But then we begin to have the battles with the flesh, the world, and the devil. Because sometimes we're not mature enough in your word and in prayer and fellowship, we slack off. Uh, we can't handle it at that time. It's overwhelming to us at that time. And we let you down. We fail. We sin. But God, I've always noticed that when I've come back, gotten up and embraced your grace, you've always been there for me. And you're there for every one of your children.
And I just pray that you put your loving arms around them right now and say to them, I'm not condemning you. You're guilty of sin, yes, but I died for that sin. It's already been forgiven. Now I want you to get up, wipe the dust off, and get going for me. I pray you'd move in people's hearts today. In Jesus' name, and everybody say... We hope you received a blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.